Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, uh, you, you know, if you don't know, it's what we in the church call Palm Sunday. And they said, well, what's Palm Sunday? Well, Palm Sunday is when Jesus he arrived in Jerusalem. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And uh, so he's, he's coming back to Jerusalem. He's been out with his disciples. And now they're heading to Jerusalem. And they come into Jerusalem. And he uh, rides in uh, on, a, uh, on a donkey. And uh, years ago, I was... Uh, Taught this, you know, when you're in the when you're in the ministry, you have to remember you're just the donkey. You know that donkey might have thought he was really hot stuff because when Jesus came in on that donkey, all the people were saying Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. They laid their clothes out on the street and had palm branches, you know, and that donkey could have said, man, whoo, <laughs> look at this, look at this welcome I'm getting. And that dumb donkey didn't realize it wasn't for him, it's for who's riding him. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, you had to learn that in the ministry. Uh, all, people may say, well, what great message, great message, Pastor. Wow, that was awesome, that's good. And you appreciate, you appreciate the comments, but you got to mem- memorize, I'm just the donkey. It's the one that's riding me that really is the one that gets the praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. So he was, he, he was coming in. Palm Sunday is like he was coming into Jerusalem, and, and this was going to be it. This was when he was going to die for the sins of the world. So he's entering into town. He knows why he's coming. He knows the reason behind it. You know, he knows. And so his disciples don't have this figured out yet, but he, he does. He understands the reason that, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, and he went, and, the, and, he, and when he went into Jerusalem, he did different things. When he was in there that week, you know, he got up on the, the hill overlooking Jerusalem and wept over Jerusalem and said, if you'd only known the hour of your visitation, you know, if you'd have just known, you could have had peace. But, and then he prophesied about the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem and all. And then before the week was over, uh, you know, he was on the cross. But then before the week was really over, he was back. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this morning, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 15. And I'm going to just uh, teach, preach, however, it is, whatever it is. I'm not really quite sure what all I'm going to do this morning. Maybe just exhort. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I want to talk to you about this. How big is the cross? You know, Friday is Good Friday, and uh, it's what we recognize as the time that Jesus went to the cross. Whether, it, whether we have it accurate or not, doesn't matter. He still went. All right. So, uh, so, I, you, 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 so I'm going to call that, you could, you could even call this how, really what I want to talk about is how big is the cross in your life? How big is it in your life? Now, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 15 and verse 21. Israel has come out of the Red Sea, or across the Red Sea. They've come out of Egypt. They've been celebrating. <clears throat> They've been praising God and, you know, got the tambourine out. They're dancing and praising God. And, and, uh, and in verse uh, 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went unto the wilderness of Shur. 
And uh, they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, they called the name, therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Everybody say a tree. A tree. Which when he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Well, let me know, when you read this in the, in the Old Testament here, where it says that you know, the waters were bitter, and they, uh, they, they, the Lord said, throw a tree in the water, and it made the water sweet. Well, that's a type of the cross. You know, Jesus, the, the Galatians tells us that Jesus, that he... Uh, bore everything, all the curse for us, that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse, being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So this is a, you know, there's, there's all kinds of types in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Amen. Now let me say this about the Old Testament, because we actually do have ministers today that are teaching on TV, in churches, uh, which we'll leave my name. I'm not, I'm not here to crucify anybody, but I'm just here to warn you. We have, you know, popular that are saying the Old Testament isn't for us today. Folks, let me just say this to you. Uh, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by, but by what? How many words of God? Now, who are we going to believe? The famous preacher on TV. I'm not against TV preachers. There's good, t there's good TV preachers. There's, there's getting to be fewer of them. Well, I got quiet on that. But there's still good ones on there. Amen. And uh, no, Jesus said we are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, there's things in the Old Testament, prophetic words that hadn't come to pass yet. Amen. Now, of course, we don't, we don't live by the, the law, the ceremonial law and all that. We should know that. The Bible tells us plainly in the New Testament that Christ was, that, that was just a shadow. Christ is the substance. Amen. But yet, there's still, you know, people say we don't live by the Ten Commandments. Well, I'll bet you, if you don't, I'll bet your wife will get rid of you. <laughs> don't tell me that. Next time you go, <laughs> about to say that wrong, I started to say, next time you go steal something, <laughs> you better not be stealing anything. <laughs> but the next time somebody steals something, try that on the judge. Say, well, we, I don't live by the Ten Commandments. <laughs> That's where we got that, that not, to not steal, to not commit adultery. See, that, we don't throw that away. That's a moral compass for our lives. Now, we're not saved by it. We're saved by grace. Because here's the thing about the law. To be saved by the law, you've got to keep every bit of it. You can't never miss it. You've you got to keep perfect. can't ever have a mistake. can't ever miss it. can't ever yield to your flesh. One time it's done. Well, most of you, you were in trouble in grade school. Amen. 
you'd already broken all that. So, so, so we, we don't, we know we don't, we know we're not saved, but, 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 but I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear somebody telling me there's even some preacher saying like the sayings of Jesus aren't for us or they're too harsh. Let me tell you something. He's the head of the church. Amen. Whenever you hear that, shut that off. Don't, I, I personally, my personal, I won't give that preacher another shot at preaching to me. Now, you can all do what you want, but that's just too... You know, Brother Hagin used to teach us, he said, eat the hay, spit the sticks out. But, but, but he didn't say, eat the hay and spit the logs out. That's too big of a stick for me. Amen. But I, I, want, I want to talk to you the, about this this morning because I want to talk about how the cross sweetens up the waters of life. Amen. How when we come to the cross... It sweetens up our bitter waters. I mean, it makes them sweet again. My, my waters were pretty bitter, and I'm sure yours were too, when you came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us have different testimonies, different things that were going on. But when, we, when something happens when the cross gets thrown into our life, into the waters of our life, it changes everything. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the cross changed everything. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that everything was reconciled to God by the cross. We that were enemies were made, we were reconciled by the blood of His cross. It changed everything. Hallelujah. Now, you know, this year we won't, we're not having a good Friday service, but I got to thinking about it. I got to think, I think from now on I'm going to have one. I'm going to have one. Because we need, we, need we need to keep the cross before our, our face, our eyes, in our thinking. Amen. And we need those uh, places of memorials that we, where we remember, you know. Um, sometimes uh, everything's a holiday today. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, there's National Donut Day, <laughs> National Cheeseburger Day. Now, who do you think comes up with that stuff? People sell donuts. But there are some spiritual observances that we should remember. Amen? And Good Friday, you know, uh, that, that's just remembrance of Jesus went to the cross. Amen? Next Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, is remembrance that, that when he went to the cross and when he went into the tomb and when he went into the heart of the earth, he came out of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Because if he couldn't come defeat death, there's no way we could. But he did it for us. Amen. And so, you know, the scripture tells us in Isaiah that, that himself, you know, the Bible talks about, says that, you know, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. See, in other words, the people that they thought that God was doing this to Jesus because they said he blasphemed. He didn't, but they said that. But Isaiah clears it up, says, Surely it was our griefs and our sorrows he was bearing. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Well, listen, folks, if Jesus bore this, then why, why should we keep bearing it? Amen. There are people that, Christians that bear things that you just got to go back to the cross. 
You got to go back to the cross. Look at the book of Galatians chapter 6. You don't mind if we look at some scripture a little bit this morning because I want to show you some things now. Galatians chapter 6. So the cross, uh, it just sweetens up our, our waters. I know that when I gave my life to Jesus, my waters got sweet. Amen. They still are. Amen. Glory be to God. You know, I've, I, I've, uh, I've told you many times about coming home after giving my life to Christ. And coming home that night and going into my bedroom and sitting on my bed, and I thought, man, I have never had peace like this. Never. Amen. It immediately changed. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, you could walk some aisle, you could shake some preacher's hand, you could get baptized, you could fill out a card, you could become a member of the church, but that doesn't change you. We've heard people say they went to church for 20 years and weren't saved. Sure, it's people, there's churches in our town, folks, that the pastor's not saved. Absolutely. Brother Hagin told a story about one pastor. A guy came to their city where Brother Hagin, I think it was where Brother Hagin was pastoring, and he said the guy was holding a meeting, you know, and uh, this pastor, you know, a bunch of his people started going to the meeting, and he thought, well, I better go down there and check it out, make sure my people aren't getting into something that's going to hurt them. And they said when, he, when he, uh, he went, the man preached a message, and he preached on the new birth, salvation, and the pastor got up, been a pastor of his, been pastor of his church for 20 years, and uh, got up and answered the altar call. And I think the minister said, I maybe you didn't understand. You know, what I, he said, no, he said, I've never done what you said, and got saved and got born again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So it's not a matter of, you know, religion. It's a matter of being saved. And if you don't know what saved is, you probably aren't. Amen. So, if, if, you know, when we use these terms, born again, saved, and you don't know what we're talking about, that, that's, that's, that's not a good sign. Because when you're saved, you know you're saved. Hallelujah. Because something happens on the inside. You get a new heart. You get a new spirit, everything changes. No, 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 everything doesn't change the same on the outside. If you're 25 pounds overweight, you're still 25 pounds overweight. I wish it did change things like that. Right? You don't have any hair, you still don't have any hair. You got a big nose, you still got a big nose. But something on the inside changes. The real you changes, amen. Now, Paul said this, Galatians chapter 6. Go to uh, just one verse there, Galatians 6, verse 14. He said, But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Earlier, he told the church at Galatia, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives inside me. And he told the church at Corinth, he said, I, when I came to you, I purposed to not know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And what did he mean by that? Well, Paul was a very educated man. God uses all kinds. But uh, it all boils down to this. It doesn't matter we have the education, you don't have the education, you've got to hear from God. Because Peter didn't have the education, and he, he became quite an apostle. 
And Paul had all the education, and Paul said, I got to drop and forget all of it. We're all starting on a level plane when it comes to serving God. Amen? But what I want you to understand is, is when you read Paul's writings, of course, we could look at a lot of Scripture today if we wanted to, but we're not going to, we don't, we're not going to do that. But when you look at Paul's writings, one of the things you're going to find out is the cross was really big in his life. Matter of fact, the cross was the biggest thing in Paul's life. And it has to become the biggest thing in our life. It does. It, it has to become bigger than anything. If we allow anything to be bigger in our life than the cross, it negates the power of the cross in our life. And what do you mean? Well, see, sometimes we have events that happen to us in life. Like sometimes maybe we had an unfaithful spouse and a divorce took place. Or maybe we had some kind of tragedy, maybe a death of a loved one or a family member. And there are people that never go beyond that in their life. They never make it beyond that. Because literally, now they don't know this, but literally what has happened is that's become bigger than the cross in their life. Because when you came to the cross, you were totally changed. And your bitter waters got made sweet. Hallelujah. Now I've had some events in my life, we all have, but I'm never going to let anything be bigger than the cross. I'm going to move on from it. Why? Because Jesus Christ has given me power through the cross to move on from the curse. Christ hath redeemed me from the curse. I have like you. I'm no different than you just because I believe God, just because I trust God, like I'm sure you do too. It doesn't exempt me from attacks physically, but I'm not living there. I said, I'm not staying there. Are you listening now? See, why, how can you say that? Because, listen, I, I'm going to teach on this sometime, too. I shouldn't teach on what I'm going to teach on because then, then you'll already know what I'm going to teach on. <laughs> Sometimes Phyllis would, used to ask me, what are you preaching on today? I'd say, the Word. I want to surprise you. And, uh, but, you know, I was reading, in, in, uh, and I wrote about it in the bulletin, I, I was reading in uh, Matthew, where the centurion uh, said, don't come to my house, just, give, just speak the word only. Remember that? Yeah. I was reading that, and I read it out of the message, and, I, and that went off in me. The message Bible, where, where, you know, where the King James says, he says, uh, just speak the word only. Don't even bother to come under my roof. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Just speak the word only. Uh, and for I'm a, for I, I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers under me and I say to my, sir, my soldier do this and he does it to my servant do this he does it I, I read that out of the message Bible and here's what it says out of the message now now the message is a paraphrase let me understand that that means you, you just can't literally take it as a literal translation but sometimes it's basically a guy telling us what he thinks the scripture says and sometimes he hits it pretty good and sometimes it's a little loosey-goosey but anyway but I love this. He said, you know, it, the centurion said, Oh, no, said the captain of the centurion. I don't want to put you to all that trouble. Just give the order and my servant will be fine. I'm a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier to go. He goes to another come and he comes and to my slave do this and he does it. Something about that went off on me where he said, I'm a man who gives orders. 
I give orders. I thought that's exactly what we need to do in our life, give the orders. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah, I face attacks just like you do, but they're not bigger than the cross. I'm going to give the orders. You're not sticking around. Amen. I've told some things in my body, and I've been telling it for months now. You're not staying. You're not staying here. Amen. Now, how can I do that? Well, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth, whatever you lose, the King James says, will be loosed or whatever you permit. Well, it sounds like to me I have something to do with it. So I just say, your sickness, you're not staying in my body. I tell it every day. I don't know how you do it. You work that out with the Lord. But every day I say it, you know, you're not, you know, in some form or another, uh, I talk to it. I said, I talk to it. But we have to watch, you know, sometimes people have had events in their lives, maybe maybe a divorce or maybe a, a sickness or something catastrophic. And that thing begins to take over their life and it begins to flavor their whole life and it begins to change the way they think, the way they act. We've got to go back to the cross because at the cross, we were set free. At the cross, the curse was defeated. Amen. The cross is so powerful that the Bible tells us that Jesus was raised from the dead by the blood of the everlasting covenant. You know, we see that where Jesus in John's gospel where he said on the cross, right before he, right before he gave up the ghost, he said, it's finished. It's finished. Well, what did he mean by that? Well, that, that shedding of his blood guaranteed the whole thing was going to be carried out now. No, he was still going to go into the heart of the earth. He was still going to be buried. He was still, there's the resurrection was still to come. But the blood had been shed and it had finished everything. Amen. Hallelujah. Just like in Genesis where, you know, God made the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis 31, the Bible says it was finished. He'd finished the natural creation. When Jesus shed his blood on that cross, he finished God's spiritual creation, the new creation. We have to see that God made Adam. He made it, God made the original creation. Amen. He made the original creation. Are you hearing me now? That creation fell. Jesus came along and made a new creation. Amen. Glory to God. A spiritual creation. And now if you want to get out of the old Adam and into the new Adam, you can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so... We have to make sure that we don't allow anything in our life to be bigger than the cross. There's nothing in my life that the power of the cross won't defeat. Amen. Amen. You know, I told you earlier in the service about, you know, going through that heavy, heavy trial as a minister when I was a young minister, a very young minister. Matter of fact, I was just, well, let's see, I was just... Um, Three years old in the ministry. That's a young preacher. And so, you know, having those thoughts about, you know, quitting. Not quitting God, but just like, I, I don't need this. I don't need the persecution. I don't need this. I had a choice right then. I had a choice to let that incident that happened to me in my life take me down or run to the cross of Jesus Christ that saved me. I'm glad, I'm glad 
not only did God use people to kick me in the seat of the pants, but He kicked me in the seat of the pants. I'll never forget one day being so discouraged. One of the guys from church came over to cheer me up. I was watching a basketball game when he came. And, uh, you know, doing something spiritual. And uh, <clears throat> it wasn't even IU. Uh, and I was watching a basketball game, and he came over to cheer me up, and I ran him out. And I'm a pretty nice person. You know, I'm a pretty nice f- fellow, I think. <laughs> I think. At least I'm able to live with myself. And Phyllis has lived with me for a long time. <laughs> but I ran him off. I just was not in the mood to be encouraged, so I ran him out of the house. And, uh, and after he left, the Lord spoke to me. I will never forget this as long as I live. The Lord spoke to me. And he said this to me. I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, and he said this to me. He said, I will cry with you all the way down. Now that, 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 that really startled me. Because I realized I'm going down. I'm going down. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. He said, I will cry with you all the way down and not be able to help you if you don't use your faith. I thought, well, that's a kick in the seat of the pants. Amen. You better, you better get back to doing what God called you to do. Amen. Now I look back, what's that? That's 85. That's a number of years ago, isn't it? That, what is that? That's, is that 30? How many? 37 years ago. I, I look back and I thank God I listened. Thank God I didn't allow something in my life to be bigger than the cross that redeemed me. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me now? Now, let's go to, we're in Galatians. So let's go to the third chapter. I'm going to look at some things here, and then we're going to do some praying here. Galatians chapter 3. Come on, are you getting something out of this? Uh, uh, it's a little different this morning, but um, we, we just need to remind it that the cross is big. Yes. I mean, it changed everything. It changed everything. It's changed history. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. This whole world, this, this world doesn't know it. It doesn't know it. But, that, but the cross of Jesus Christ, it changed the future of the planet. That's right. It changed the future of everybody. If it hadn't been for the cross, we'd all be going to hell. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. But it changed everything. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that, that, that through the cross, all things were redeemed back to God. Now, it hadn't all been put in its proper spot, but it's coming. And the Bible says, you know, even all creation's waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. When all this is put back, we get our glorified bodies. Aren't you ready for a glorified body? Is anybody a little tired of the... Now, you don't want to, you don't want to lose it, but anybody a little tired of the body you got right now? Amen. You know, as you... As you age and all, you know, you, you thank God for divine healing and divine health, but, you know, you, you don't look as young as you did. Right? I mean, now I'm just as handsome as I ever was, but <laughs> forgive me, Lord. But help me understand, uh, when you get that glorified body, why, uh, that's going to be something. I said, that's going to be something. And it's coming. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, uh, thank God for that. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. But, you know, we have it so good. God's been so good to us that even if we did, even if we, we did uh, die before the Lord came back, why, man, we're just going to heaven. 
I mean, think about it. You know, one preacher said that this way, and I believe he's right. He said, he said the moment you, if you're a believer, the moment you die and your spirit leaves your body, you will look back on your body as you're leaving and say, thank God that's over with. Amen. Because how many know you've got you to fight to keep the thing healthy? You've got to fight to keep the thing from eating everything on the planet. <laughs> well, some of yeah, I mean, Pastor Chuck, I mean, look at him. Some people just, don't some people just irritate you? <laughs> but anyway, I understand you got, you got to work on, you got to constantly got to work on this body. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, now I don't have to do much. You know, when I get up, there isn't much to do. <laughs> I haven't bought shampoo in years, which is liberating. I don't care if the top's down on the convertible. You know what I'm saying? Now, I used to, I remember the days I had hair, you know, you'd buy the shampoo and the conditioner and, the, you know, and all the blow dryer and all that and everything. I mean, now all I got to have is a washcloth. That's it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's a day coming when I'm going to get it all back. Yeah. Everything. I'm going to get my youth back. Yeah. All of it's coming back. Yeah. And that day is not all that far off either. Praise the Lord. But in Galatians chapter 3, go there, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul said, he said, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently or clearly set forth crucified among you. What's Paul saying? He said, I clearly... Preach to you the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I clearly portrayed that before you when I preached to you. I gave you a picture of that. Now, listen to this. This is, once again, the uh, Message Bible. Now, listen, I don't have it on the screen. I don't know that we even have it back there. We could put it up. We don't have message, do we, Scott? That's okay. You don't have to look for it. That's fine. Uh, but th th this, this, this is, once again, it just brings it out, you know, really big. Because Paul wants the church at Galatia to know, look, I, when I was with you, I clearly preached to you Jesus crucified. I clearly... Here's what it says. Listen to this. You crazy... Galatians. <laughs> Did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? It's like talking to your kids, isn't it? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. That is powerful. That's powerful. What's Paul saying? He's, he's really getting on to these people and saying, what happened? I preached Jesus Christ crucified among you. I preached the cross to you. What has happened to you? See, when we see Jesus crucified, we should never go back into bondage. 
One of the things that I appreciated about, you know, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, is that in all of all the movies I've ever seen about Jesus, about his crucifixion, that did it the best. It did it the best. Um, matter of fact, when you hear the testimonies about making that movie, a lot of those people got born again, making that movie, got saved, came to Christ. Because why? They saw it clearly portrayed. I don't know if you remember the scene in the, in the movie. Uh, you might have to watch it again. But there's a scene in the movie. I only saw it once, but, but, but from my memory, there's a, there was a scene in the movie that they had sent Jesus off to, to, the, to the whipping post. And when he came back and Pilate saw him, he, 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 was, a, he was shocked. You could see it on his faces. He, he, just like, he was astounded like he didn't expect that. He didn't expect Jesus to look like that. But did you know the Bible tells us in Isaiah 52 that his visage, his face was marred more than any man's and his form more than the sons of men. As a matter of fact, the King James talks about as many as saw him, were it uses an old word, a stonied which we don't use that word today, but astonied means they were stunned. They were stupefied. When people saw how beaten Jesus was, they were stupefied. Like, oh my gosh. Was it necessary? Yes, it was necessary. It was necessary. Why? Because that was Him paying the price for our sins. Amen. Amen. That was him paying the price for the curse. Amen. So Paul, to the Galatians, he painted a picture. of He painted the bloody details. Amen. See, that's what's wrong with the church today is it doesn't want to paint the bloody details any longer. Our generation needs to see it. I'm glad Mel Gibson made the film. So our generation, it's hard telling how many thousands of people saw that movie and got born again when they really saw what Jesus Christ went through to redeem us. It was something else. And really, as, as, as good as that movie was, I don't think it could, could tell the story. I don't think it could tell the story. Amen. Not if Isaiah is right, and I believe he is. He said he's marred more than any man ever was, ever was. Now, <clears throat> thank God he did that for us. And Satan, look, Satan will do anything to get your eyes off the cross because he knows it's the power of God. Why do you think the preaching in the church is suffering so much today? What do you mean by that, Pastor? The, some of the preaching we have today is so watered down it's so philosophized. It's so, some of it's full of new age. It's so weak. It's just, some of it's just all, all it is is just um, motivational. There's no real meat, no real word that'll change people's life spiritually. Oh, they may leave feeling good because they've had some kind of salve put on them, but not changed. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about the gospel that I've been preaching and these others have been preaching for years. It'll change your life if you'll listen to it and do it. Amen. 
We're not just talking about building you up naturally, you know. And, all, and some of that, there, there's places for some of that. You know what I'm saying? There's places that, you know, where, where you know, there, there's a place for, for some of that, as long as it's scriptural. But we need the Word. I said we need the Word. Amen. Now, let's go to Leviticus 17. Come on, I only got one more scripture out of this. Come on, did you get something today? Leviticus 17, go there, because I'm just talking about, we need to see, why, why, why did Jesus, why the cross? Why, why did He have to go through all of this? Why did He have to shed His blood like He did? Well, let me know, it was all predetermined by the four counsel of God. That's what the Bible says. You know, we... We sometimes and, and, and we sometimes say that you know they murdered Jesus, and you you could say it that way. But the truth is, he laid his life down. I, I loved what he said to Pilate. Pilate said, "Don't you know I had the power to crucify you?" He said, "You don't have any power unless it was given to you from above. Unless my Father was allowing you to do this, you couldn't touch me." They came to Jesus one day and said, you know, uh, Herod's going to try to get you. Remember that scripture? It's one scripture in the, in, the, in the Gospels. Some people came to him and said, did you know Herod's after you? He said, you go tell that fox. I'm going to do cures today, tomorrow, and the third day I'll be perfected. In other words, I, I'm going to, you go tell that fox he can't touch me. Woo, glory to God. So everything that happened to Jesus on the cross, it was, it was God-ordained for our redemption. Now, why did He have to do this? Why did He have to shed His blood? Well, let's go here in Leviticus 17 and one verse. Verse 11, the Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it unto you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So here the Bible tells us plainly, only blood makes an atonement. Only blood does it. Hebrews tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins in Hebrews 9.22. Now why is that? Have you ever thought about that? Why is that? Well, the reason is, is because the life, the Bible says, is in the blood. The life's in the blood. Now, you have to really understand mankind's problem. What was his main problem? His main problem was he was dead spiritually. See, the Bible says, you know, the Bible says in the beginning when God made man, it says he breathed into him the breath of life. Man became a living being. And then it tells us that, you know, uh, God told them in the garden, he said, uh, don't eat of this tree because the day you eat thereof you shall surely die. Well, when man ate, he died. He didn't die, he didn't die uh, that day physically, but he died that day spiritually. Romans clears it up for us too and explains the, uh, no, Genesis where God said, you will surely die. Romans tells us that when man, ate, when man sinned, death entered into the world, and death is passed upon all men. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, so if you're dead, what's the only thing that will fix you? Life. That's it. So if you're dead, the only thing that can fix you is life. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. 
So there's only one fix. That's get life to us. And the life is in the blood. Now, the problem being is our blood wouldn't fix it because it had death in it. Animal blood just caused it. God had, you know, animal blood in the Old Testament. It just passed it off. It just covered it and shoved it down the road. But when Jesus came, the Bible says we weren't redeemed with corruptible things. (laughs) Oh, hear me now. But with incorruptible. Amen. What were we redeemed with? We were redeemed, the Bible says, with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and blemish. His blood had life in it. So when he shed his blood, it gave life to us dead people. Hallelujah. So did, so do we need to know about the blood? Do we need to see the bloody details of the cross? Absolutely. The church needs to be. It's just like the church today. Paul would come back. He said, who, who hath bewitched you? Jesus Christ needs to be portrayed crucified among you. You need to see the bloody details. You need to know about the cross. Amen. The cross fixed everything. Remember the old song? Down at the cross where my Savior died. How about room at the cross? See? I'm just telling you, the church has got to go back to its basic roots of what gave us our power. Amen. One last scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. Come on, are you with me now? 1 Corinthians chapter. How big is the cross in your life? Are there things in your life that... Uh, you maybe have tried to exalt himself above the power of the cross in your life. Well, you know, the devil will try to put things in your life and tell you it's bigger than the cross. It's bigger, you know. Uh, you know, some people have, you know, uh, I'm thinking about a minister that, that I, and I know that, you know, uh, many, many years ago, uh, oh, it's been quite a few years now, it, you know, he's just going and blowing and he's got a good ministry and, He's on TV and, and, you know, and he's got a good church and, you know, things are going well for him. And then his wife decided to go off the rails and divorce him. And you have to understand, this is some years ago, that, which it, it, this isn't right. I mean, yeah, divorce, divorce can be wrong. People can, people can do things that they shouldn't have done. It causes divorce, but... Uh, it isn't. It isn't the unpardonable sin. It isn't the end. Now, certainly, we've had some things where some ministers have, you know, stepped out on their wives and things like that. Well, they need to sit down. I said they need to sit down. I'm not saying they can't ever get back, but they're. It, it, but we're going to have to see some fruit for you are back, and it's going to take a while. But anyway. We, we've lost all that, too. But anyway, he hadn't done anything. She just decided she's, going to, she's just going to divorce him and she get her somebody else. And he was so beat up and so beat down. And then the church, instead of lifting him up and praying for him, attacked him. And so he was, uh, and I, I know the preacher, you know, I, you know, 
he was uh, <laughs> just giving up. Giving up. Going to quit the ministry. He had a good ministry. And he was a good man. He loved God. He, he couldn't help because his wife went haywire. I mean, you know, sometimes people go haywire on you. And so anyway, you know, he, he'd given up, you know, and, and uh, he just uh, decided it was over with for him. And now some of you won't know this name, but some of you will know that you will, you'll know, you'll know, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, but Dr. Lester Summerall heard about it. Now, Dr. Summerall was not somebody you played with. Because he'd bark at you. Yeah, he was a general. He loved young preachers. He loved preachers. And Dr. Summerall, you know, heard about it. So he calls this pastor's office. And this pastor had left town. He just, he was just running off. But his secretary answered and and, and, she, and he said, I want to talk to, and he called him. And she said, well, he's not here. And uh, she's, he, Dr. Summer said, well, where is he? I can't tell you that. He said, you know who you're talking to? This is Dr. Summer. You're talking to Dr. Lester Summer. Now, where is he? Yes, sir. <laughs> that was just Dr. Summer. And so... Dr. Summerall found him. Amen. And, uh, you know, went there and rescued him. Amen. 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 Rescued him. Saved his ministry. Amen. Maybe saved his life. And then, oh, after that, his ministry did more than it ever did. And he finally went home to be with the Lord, I don't know, 2015 or something like that. He finally went to be with Jesus. But thank God for somebody, amen, that realized, thank God, we got a cross. Hallelujah. That we can't let anything in our lives be bigger than the cross. Amen. You say, well, pastor, I made the mistake. I blew it. Well, thank God for the cross. It provides forgiveness. What you need to learn to do is forgive yourself. Amen. Amen. Now look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Go with me to verse 17 and 18. We're going to close right here. Verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> Paul said this. <clears throat> he said, for Christ sent me not to baptize. You see, I'm not like John the Baptist. I'm not just going out and baptizing people. Baptism's good, but Paul said, that's not what Christ sent me to do. But to preach the gospel... Not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. In other words, I'm, I'm going to let the cross speak for itself. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Hallelujah. So what is Paul saying? He's saying the main fix is the preaching of the cross. What does he mean by that? What does he mean? Does he mean that every sermon we get up and we preach a message on the cross? Well, not exactly. But what he is saying is we need to preach about our redemption and what the cross did. 
That's the main thrust of our preaching. Hallelujah. We need to preach on redemption. Because at the cross, Jesus put His foot on the devil's head. The Bible says at the cross, He destroyed him that had the power of death. It says He spoiled principalities and powers at the cross. What's Paul saying? Man, we need preaching on, on our redemption. We need preaching on the cross of Jesus Christ and what it did in our lives. Glory to God. That it changed us totally. It redeemed us from the curse. It, it redeemed us from sin. It redeemed us from sickness. It redeemed us from poverty. It redeemed us from depression. <clears throat> There's an old song <clears throat> that uh, we used to sing years and years ago. Some of you remember that. You know, we don't sing it any longer, but it's, it's a good song. Uh, it is well with my soul. Have you ever read the story behind that? The guy that wrote that had just lost his wife and his son. His wife and his son had just died. And he wrote the song, It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. No, everything around me may not be well, but because of the cross, it's well with my soul. I don't know how many funerals I've done over the years. <clears throat> Who knows? I've been there to preach funerals for the old saint. I just did one a couple years ago, last year, whenever it was, for an old Pentecostal pastor, a lady pastor, an old saint of God in her upper 80s. I preached for her. For years and years, just an old Holy Ghost woman, lived strong for God. I was just blessed to preach her funeral. I, well, I was, I, was, I was happy. I was happy. Oh, I cried when I said goodbye to her at the casket because I, you know, I, I thought a lot of her. And, and I, it still brings me, makes me emotional today when I think about her being in that casket, you know, and all the good times we've had over the years preaching at Phyllis and I, and you guys have gone with us many times to her church and preached. And, and uh, you know, and I said goodbye, you know, walking out of that funeral parlor. Um, it just broke my heart. But, but when I got to that graveside, I thought, because well, I was, you know, I, Preached at her graveside, preached the message at her graveside. And I looked at her, they already had the tombstone there. Her husband had already gone on a few years before. And I looked at that tombstone. And on the tombstone, it had her husband's name and then her name. Of course, it didn't have the date with her yet, but it had her name. But then on the bottom, it said, I'll see you in the rapture. Amen. I thought, Thank you, Jesus. That reminds me. This ain't over with. Next time I see Sister Wanda, her hair won't be dyed red. 
it'll actually be red. And she'll be young. Because she was such a trooper. I walked into her church one night to preach. And when I got there, there was a couple from our church that was already there. And, one, and the man said to me, he said, Pastor, you need to go uh, pray for the pastor. She's not well. And I went up there. She was sitting on the front row. It was a little bit before service getting ready to start. And she was bent over like this with her head down. And I said, Pastor Wanda, what's wrong? I'm sick. I'm really sick. I didn't think I was going to make it, Brother Mark, but I'm here. I said to her, I said, well, Pastor Wanda, let's take you home. Uh, you don't have to be here. I, I, I'll take care of the church tonight. I'll take care of everything. Let's just take you home. She, when I said that, talk about a, a younger preacher getting rebuked. When I said that, she looked up at me. She said, I came here to get healed. <laughs> I thought, shut your mouth. See, that's an old saint. That's the way the old saints were. And I laid my hands on her, and God is my witness. My wife is my witness. You guys might have been there that night. I don't remember if you were there that night. But another couple from our church was there. Before that service was over, she was totally healed and back to her old self. And I thought, yeah, shut your mouth. We came here to get healed. See, she believed in the power of the cross. But what I was saying was I've been there. I have been there when, yeah, that, that ended up being a joyous occasion for me. When I saw that, I'll see you in the rapture. That did something for me. I thought, well, praise the Lord. This ain't hard to preach. This ain't hard to preach. I'm just not going to see her for a little bit. I don't know how long. It might, I might see her next week. I don't know. Who knows? But then I've also been there and done the funeral when it, it wasn't that good of circumstances. Maybe the person died of cancer, or maybe they were young. Maybe they were, they were, they were children. That's hard. I said, that's hard. But as believers, we can't allow anything in our life to be a bigger event than the cross was. Amen. That's bigger than anything. Even the death of a loved one, it's bigger. And because of the cross, we can go on, we can have joy, we can have peace, and we can live life to its fullest. Amen. Because in Jesus Christ, there's always hope. And if we've come to the cross, we're partakers of that hope. Thank God for the cross. No, don't, let's don't ever hide the bloody details. That's the way some modern churches are. Matter of fact... I was there. I mean, I was there during this movement back year, several years ago. Churches started taking the blood songs out of their books, their, their hymnals. Well, that offends people. I'll tell you who the cross offends. It offends the devil. Because that's where he got defeated. Amen. Had the princes of this world known... They would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had, I, I, I'm convinced. I'm closing right here, but I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced the devil didn't know what to do with Jesus. I'm convinced. He didn't know where to kill him. Well, he couldn't kill him, but you know how he thinks. He didn't know where to try to get him killed. 
or just leave them alone. Finally, Jesus was doing so much on the earth to destroy his kingdom, the devil's kingdom and his works. The devil just, just you know, and of course God, it was because God allowed it. He stirred up the crowd to crucify him. Amen. Instead of giving him Barabbas, a murderer and a thief, you know, instead of, instead of letting him be crucified, they said, no, let's crucify Jesus and let Barabbas go. Oh, there's a sermon right there. But Jesus Christ, he was so powerful, the devil didn't know what to do with him. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when he crucified him, he probably thought, thank goodness that's over with. He's off the earth. But when he showed up on the third day, I can guarantee the devil thinking, uh-oh, I have made a mistake. You sure did, sucker. You put your head in the noose and got hung. Hallelujah. And I'm glad. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.